Erev Tov, everybody. Welcome to another edition of our Monday night Mishlei class, studying the book of Proverbs of Shlomo HaMelech. Tonight's class is dedicated, sponsored by Mr. and Mrs. Eve and Sarah Nachmias. Lilu Nishmat, her father, Mr. Jack Benayim, Zichonol Divracha, Tinaf Shotra, Bitzra Hayim. May the words that we say tonight, this evening, bring an aliyah to his neshama. <coughs> As his uh, neshama rises higher and higher in Gan Eden through the zechuyot of not only the mitzvot and wonderful deeds he did in his life, but as well through the study of Torah that we're doing tonight. Thank you very much for the sponsorship. Tonight we are continuing with our discussion in the eighth chapter <clears throat> of the book of Mishlei, the book of Proverbs, discussing the power of the Torah more specifically that how the Torah preceded everything in the world. Last class, we delved into a discussion on how HaKadosh Baruch Hu rewards the people that keep the Torah, and as well how the Torah is the ultimate truth that we find on this earth. But if you even take a step back, the following group of Pesukim that we're going to read emphasizes the primacy of the Torah. The, the speaker, which is the wisdom, the Torah itself, describes how it preceded all stages of creation. And therefore, the Torah is the essence of all that is created. You know, to assume that the commandments are nothing more than heavenly guidelines or decrees that are necessary to direct mankind uh, to maintain civilization, that's a mistake. It's a great error. Uh, the, the, the mitzvot of the Torah were not publicized to conform to the needs of society. It's not what it was meant for. Rather, the society is there. The society was created to conform to the Torah, to the laws of the Torah. For example, the commandment to honor one's parents is not imposed upon the child because this is his duty to his elders, to his parents, because it's obvious that he should honor and respect his parents. You don't need a Torah to teach that. Any person with any morals, common sense, can figure out that he's got to respect his parents. Rather, HaKadosh Baruch Hu ordained that children be born to parents so that they may perform the mitzvah of Simple as that. Children are born in order to perform that mitzvah. That's the way it works. Therefore, the continuity of creation is totally contingent upon man's keeping and adherence to the Torah and the mitzvot. And it's with that that Shlomo HaMelech begins this last part of the 8th chapter, where he states, Adonai kanani reshit darko kedem mif'alav me'az. Hashem made me, again, me is the Torah, the wisdom. Hashem made me at the beginning of his way, before his deeds of old. The Torah served as the blueprint for the entire creation. Chachamim tell us in the Midrash that Haya Kadosh Baruch Hu Mabit Uboret That God, Kadosh Baruch Hu, looked in the Torah and by looking and staring in the Holy Scripture, that's how we created the world. The Torah begins with the words Bereshit bara, which could be interpreted to mean 
with the Torah, which is called Reshit, Reshit Chochmah Yerat Hashem, through the Torah, Bara Elokim et HaShamayim et HaAretz, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the heaven and the earth. Every detail of creation followed a master plan that is designed, that is ex- executed for one purpose only. And that is the Torah. Kedem mifalav me'az. Before his deeds of old. The Gevara Masechet Pesachim Daf Nun Dalet. We just learned recently Daf Yomi. Teaches that there were seven things that preceded creation. The Torah, Teshuvah, Repentance, Gan Aiden, Geinam, Kisea Kavod, the Throne of Glory, the Bet Amidash, and Shemoshel Mashiach, the name of the Mashiach. And our, our Pasuk here says, Hashem Kanani Reshit Arko, God made me at the beginning. This, is, this Pasuk is what is cited from the Gemara to teach us that Torah preceded the creation. According to the Midrash, there were six things that preceded the creation. And of these, the Torah and the Throne of Glory, the Kisei Kavod, were created before the world. But the others only existed in his thought. HaKadosh Baruch had the thought to create it. Which one of the two, the Torah or the Kisei Kavod, was created first? And the answer lies in the verses themselves. The Pasuk with regards to the Kisei Kavod, we say every Friday night, Nachon Kisacha Me'az Me'olam Ata, in the paragraph of Hashem Alach Kutavesh, Your throne was established from the time of old. Kisacha me'az. But with regard to the Torah and this pasuk that we were learning tonight, kedem mif'alav me'az. Before his deeds of your, meaning the Torah preceded that of the kisei kavod. Chachamim point out five possessions that God acquired for himself in this world, brought down per And the first of these is that of the Torah as taught by our pasuk. Me'olam nisachti meros mikad me'aretz. I have reigned since the distant past. Torah is saying, from the beginning, from before there was earth. Meaning, as one of the seven creations that were there prior to the creation of the world, the Torah reigned. It was king. It ruled over everything. Be'en, and then the next few pesukim just elaborate on this concept. When there were no depths, I was formed. When there were no springs rich with water. Because wisdom reigned and set guidelines for creation before the elements were separated, before there was an earth, before there was water or fire or wind. Before mountains were settled, before hills, I was formed. Wisdom was created before the mountains were sunk into the water. When he had not yet made me earth and its um, outside uh, outside species, or the first dust of the inhabited world. Meaning, Rashi says here, Eretz refers to Eretz Israel and Chutzot means the other lands. Verosh Afrot Tevel, Afrot Tevel, the dust of the inhabited land, refers to the creation of Adam Arishon, whose body was fashioned from earth. In fact, this can be understood in light of the Pasuk describing the creation of Adam. 
The Torah tells us in Parashat Bereshit, Vayitzer Hashem Elokim et Adam Afar min Adama. And God formed the man of dust from the ground. And Rashi says over there that the earth from which man was created was gathered from the four corners of the earth. Why? And this was to assure, he says, that no matter where man died, the earth would accept his body for burial and preserve it for the future of Tehayat Ametim. So therefore, even that was prepared. And it's all, and I was before all that, says the Torah, says the wisdom. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. Wisdom was present at the creation of the heavens because it was created before then. When he etched out the circle, which is the globe, upon the face of the depths, informing the world, Akadosh Baruch Hu made it or made the laws of Torah inherent in absolutely everything. Therefore, it's incumbent upon a person that whenever he looks at the wonders of the world with open eyes, that he'll perceive that everything that that is in front of him was meant and fashioned to facilitate the performance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's commandments. And that serves as a spiritual yesod, a spiritual foundation, let's say, uh, holding up the structure of the creation. And this lesson is not only learned by, uh, by, by living things, but also inanimate objects, objects as well. Each one of God's creations is linked to some sort of idea of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's wisdom. And those that want it, those that seek it, as we said many times in this series of classes, those that seek it will find this wisdom everywhere. It's present. It's there in all aspects of creation. When he strengthened the heavens above, when fortifying the wellsprings of the depths, again, the Torah was there at all stages of creations. When he set for the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress its word. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu set the boundary for the sea, so that the waters would not transgress His word by going further than the limit that was ordained for them, wisdom was present. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided that the water was going to stop here, on the sand, by the seashore, wisdom was already present, the Torah was already there. According to Rashi, when God, this means that when God created Yamsuf, the Sea of Reeds, he stipulated right there and then that it must split at Moshe Rabbeinu's command. The Chachamim derived this idea, uh, this this teaching from uh, a, a pasuk, a, a parashah in the Torah, which actually we're going to read, not this coming Shabbat, but next Shabbat in parashat Beshalach, after Bnei Israel had crossed through Yam Suf, the Torah tells us, Vayashov ha'am lifnot boker le'etano. And towards morning, they went. the water went back to its power. Towards the morning, meaning after it split. The letters of the word le'etano, which means to its power, can be arranged to perform to, to, to the word litna'o. Litna'o is to its stipulation. 
to its condition. The condition that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made with Yamsuf at creation. He made a stipulation with the Sea of Reeds that it would split for Am Yisrael so many thousands of years down the road. And the Rahaim HaKadosh there says that the condition that God imposed upon Yamsuf at that moment applies to all of creation. God stipulated that all creatures must be subordinate to the Torah and to those who toil in it. He decreed that their authority and their power over creation is tantamount to his own authority because everything is through the power of the Torah, through Torah study, through prayer, through good deeds. A person can actually change nature because they represent the power of the Torah which preceded absolutely everything. And it was the blueprint of creation. And therefore, says Yorah Chaim, an amazing chidush, that all creatures are subordinate to the Torah and those who embody it. And never should a person think otherwise. Bechuko Mosteaditz, when he forged the foundations of the earth, wisdom again was already present when God set the foundations of the earth. amon. I, again, I hear reference to the wisdom the Torah is saying, I was a nursing child beside him. The Torah was like God's beloved child, nurtured by him and his source of constant delight. The word Amon in this pasuk is from the word Omen. Omen is one who rears a child. Batilo Omenet. The Midrash relates that the word Amon can also come from the word Kele Umanut, which means tools of a trade. The Torah was the craftsman's tool through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu fashioned the world. And just as a king builds his palace according to the directives and instructions of the architect, who in turn follows his own blueprints, so too, Kibiyachol, God, followed the blueprint of the Torah in designing the world. And I was his delight every day. According to Rashi here, Yom Yom means 2,000 years. Yom Yom. The Torah preceded the creation of the world by 2,000 years. During, at that time, it was only HaKadosh Baruch Hu's delight. It was like he was playing with, with the Torah. And, and this makes sense based on the Pasuk that we read in Tehilim. We recite every Shabbat, Ki elef shanim For even a thousand years in your eyes, It's like one day of yesterday. So since HaKadosh Baruch Hu regards one thousand years as a single day, so Yom Yom in this Pasuk would reference two millennia, and therefore the Torah preceded the creation of the world by two thousand years. The Vilna Gaon says something beautiful, a bit deep, but very nice. He says the Torah is comprised entirely of holy divine names formed by different combinations of its letters and its words. And the Vilna Gaon explains that the Torah had this form. It was illegible. We couldn't read the Torah. Again, we spoke about this not long ago in a different class. That that the Torah was comprised like this. For the first 2,000 years before the world was created, this is the form that the Torah was comprised of when it, as it predated creation. 
Once the world was created and the Torah was given to Bnei Israel, God divided the letters in the words in such a way to delineate the commandments needed for us to survive, which is what we know as the 613 mitzvot. From then on, the hidden meanings were reserved only for those who were qualified, for those who deserved to know them. Mesacheket lefana bechol et, playing before him at all times, the Torah wisdom says, playing before him at all times. This refers to the hidden secrets, which are beyond the comprehension of mortals. However, it brings rejoicing to anybody who wants to study the Torah. The Torah can be understood by flesh and blood creatures as well, not just the angels, although on a different level. Because since the Torah encompasses all levels of wisdom, it brings happiness and joy and playfulness in the Shamaim and in the Aretz as well. Mesacheket betevel arzo, playing in the inhabited areas of the world. Vesha'ashuai et bene adam. My delights are with mankind, the children of man. Originally, the Torah was only in the heavens. Then Moshe Rabenu brought it down to the people on earth where mankind rejoiced. Then Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai interprets the word Tevel Arzo homiletically. And he says that the word Tevel here is, can be interpreted as Tavlin. Tavlin is a spice. And he refers to Tevel as the land of Eretz Israel. Eretz Israel is especially seasoned with everything good. And unlike other lands that may be blessed with certain resources but lacking in others, God will see it, see to it that when His nation, when Am Yisrael lives in Eretz Yisrael, then they will lack, they will lack nothing. V'sha'ashuai et bnei adam. My delights are with mankind. Rashi renders mesacheket as laughing at. The Torah laughed at all the wicked generations from Adam until Noah, from Noah until Abraham, who were not following the basic uh, uh, conditions of life. The, the Shiva Mitzvah B'nai Noah, they weren't keeping, and therefore the world had to be destroyed. The Torah waited patiently for the generation of the Midbar, which would re- receive the Torah and delight in it, says Rashi. That mankind is delighted with the Torah, and the Torah is delighted with mankind. The Torah rejoices with happiness with B'nai Adam, for in every generation we are told there are 36 righteous men. There's even someone capable right now, here today, attaining the status of Moshe Rabenu, no matter how neglected the Torah may seem to be. There are always those, there are always those people who honor it, it's follow its commandments, and treasure its words. And yes, someone today can reach the level of Moshe Rabenu, 36 people in every generation. After depicting the Torah's effect on, uh, on the world, on the cosmos, the wisdom now addresses mankind, the people. And for the rest of the Perek, Wisdom addresses its children, calling upon them to listen to its teachings. Pasuk Lamed Bet says, banim shimuli And now children, listen to me. 
Praiseworthy are those who hear my ways. He says, since I, wisdom, chokmah, since I am of such vital importance, it's only fitting that you should listen to what I have to say. And you should hear my ways because they are for, fortunate are the people that do. Children here are referring to Am Yisrael, the Jewish people, who are called God's children. Banim atem l'ashem elokechem. Praiseworthy are those who listen to my ways refers to both the Jews who observe the Torah's commandments and as well as the non-Jews who also follow the moral and ethical teachings of the Torah. Shimu musar v'chachamu ve'al tifra'u. Listen to discipline and grow wise and do not reject wisdom. Do not nullify the words of my discipline, says Rashi. A person has to first hear Musad. He has to first hear discipline and become God-fearing. And only then will he be able to acquire uh, the Torah's wisdom, as we've quoted many times, because then his fear of God will prevent him from nullifying the wisdom of the Torah. The Ibn Ezra again stresses the study of Musad and how it must precede that of Chokhmah. And this is in order, and that order can't be reversed, God forbid. Be'altifrau, the, the, the Pasuk tells us, do not nullify Musar. Discipline is the prerequisite of studying wisdom. And kol she'irat chet'o kodemet lechokhmato, chokhmato mitkayemet. Perkei Avot says, anyone whose fear of sin takes priority over his wisdom, then his wisdom will endure. The Vilna Gaon explains that once you've studied both wisdom and discipline, altifrau, do not nullify them, meaning make sure to put both of them into practice. Do not become unruly, says Rav Samson Rafael Hirsch, because that's what happens when wisdom and discipline are neglected. Ashre Adam Shomeali Lishkod al Daltotai Yom Yom. Praiseworthy is a man who listens to me, to be constantly at my doors every day. Rashi explains the word lishkod as to watch. That means to constantly be there. A person, beware, a person should regularly be the first to enter the halls of the Torah and be the last to leave it. In fact, the Ibn Ezra renders it similarly. He says, Lishkod means to go quick, to hasten. Kishoked ani. Wisdom praises the person who's there first, who hurries to the Bet Knesset and the Bet Midrash, and is constantly involved in its study. The rabbis point out that those people who constantly frequent themselves to Bet Knesset and Bet Midrash will merit long life. The Gemara and Masechet Brachot Davchet Amuralef relates that Rabbi Yohanan heard that there were old Jews living in Babel, in Babylon, modern-day Iraq. And he was surprised. How could this be? People with longevity? Doesn't make sense. Why? Why did he reason that it doesn't make sense? Rabbi Yohanan said that the Torah promises longevity only to people who live in Eretz Israel. We say in Pasuk Shema, in Pasuk in Kiryat Shema, every day, Leman yirbu in order to prolong your days and the days of your children, Al ha'adama asher nishpa Hashem 
only upon the land, or not only, but upon the land that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sworn to your fathers. Which is that land? That's the land of Eretz Yisrael. Only in the land of Eretz Yisrael, a person gets Leman Yirbu Yemechem. So how can it be? I'm looking around and I'm seeing people living into their 90s, 100s, 110s. Doesn't make sense. So they went around and asked, what's going on over here? And when Rabbi Yohanan was told that these Jews constantly frequent the house of Tefillah, the Bet Knesset, they rise early to be one of the first Hashkamat Bet Knesset, and they stay late to attend the Tefillot, he responded, this is what makes them deserving of long life. Because, and he quotes a passage from Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, come early to the Bet Knesset and stay late so you will lengthen your days. And this idea is actually implied with the juxtaposition of the next Pasuk, which we'll see soon, the idea of one who finds me uh, has, uh, has found life. Lishmor mezuzot petahai to guard the doorposts of my entrances, just as a security guard is constantly at his post, so too a person is constantly sitting within the portals of the study house of Torah. It's amazing to see now we're in a very interesting situation in Bet Knesset when we're limited to 10 people, 12 people, and uh, you know per, per service, and you see people that want to pray, but we're already full. Oh no, what am I going to do? I can't pray. I can't go in the room. So they're going as far as they can just so that they could listen to the chazan, you know, hear the tefillah and be part of the tefillah in whatever way they can. This is great. It's unfortunate that they can't be inside the room, but the fact that they're there and they're willing to, at a distance, just try to catch the chazan in any way that he can. To guard the doorposts of my entrance. They're not willing to forego the concept of tefillah betzibur. It's not, I'm not just going to stay home. I could stay home. It's fine. It's probably even uh, safer. But the Bet Knesset are open. So if they're open, I'm going to do whatever I can to listen. Wisdom praises those who show a special eagerness to be at the Bet Midrash and the Bet Knesset. It could be compared to a, a merchant who comes to the palace gates to sell his merchandise and the official who's in charge there is occupied with other matters. So the merchant is waiting outside, but he eagerly waits at the gates, anticipating now that any moment he may be called and he's going to reap a huge profit. So too, an Ayved Hashem, a servant of God, eagerly stands, watch at the Torah's gates, at the gates of the Bet Knesset, waiting to seize every opportunity that may arise for him to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Chidusha Harim explains that we need to be ready when God provides an opportunity to serve him no matter what. When a gate opens, you have to run to go in. Like we said, Lishkot, to hasten quickly. Zrizut. David HaMelech says in Tehilim, we also recite this Pasuk in Halel. Pitchuli Sha'aret Tzedek Avovam Odeya. Open for me the gates of righteousness. And immediately, what does he say after that? I will enter them and thank God. 
Meaning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives me the opportunity. The gates are open for righteousness, for good deeds, for tefillah and mitzvot. He gives me the opportunity. I am coming there and I will thank God. I'm not going to miss out that opportunity. For one who finds me has found life. One who finds uh, Torah will obtain a blessing of Hayim, of life, both for his body and for his soul. An interesting story brought down in the Midrash of an elderly woman who went to Rabbi Yoseb in Halafta, one of the Tanaim of the Mishnah, and she, was, she went to complain to him. Unfortunately, she was so old, she didn't want to live much longer. She, didn't want, she wanted to die. It was already a point where she, she didn't want to live. And her life became repulsive. It was it was painful. It was not easy. So Rabbi Yosei noticed her old age and asked her, "Bishutma, and what merit did you did you have? Did you do to do merit this longevity? What mitzvah did you do? You lived such a long life." To which she replied, "That even if she was busy with something very important to her, very dear, she would leave it." And go to the Bet Knesset every morning. She would go to the Bet Knesset every morning no matter what she was doing. To say a few words of tefillah to God. To say a few chapters of Tehillim. This is something that she would never give up. So Rabbi Yosei advised her not to go to the house of, of uh, the Bet Knesset. Not to go to the Bet Knesset for three consecutive days. Don't go for three days. The woman followed the advice of Rabbi Yosei. And on the third day... She died. She passed away. And this is what we're saying over here. Praiseworthy is a person who listens to me. For, for one who finds me has found life. This person, this woman, she didn't want to live anymore. She was still living. She was still going because she made a point to go there. So Rabbi Yosef says, okay, just stop going there. And eventually she passed. she passed away. And he has elicited favor from Hashem. God will be pleased with such a person and will help him with whatever he desires. Often we see that Shlomo Amelech doesn't like to end on good notes. He'll throw there, he'll throw in a few, a, a, a pasuk or two, you know, uh, a, a, on a sour note that of a person that practices the opposite. This is no exception. Uh, and he, uh, the last pasuk of the Perek, he tells, speaks of someone who does the opposite. He says, But one who sins against me despoils his soul. Someone who despises wisdom, in essence, is robbing his own soul. He's destroying it. The Eben Ezra explains that the word can also mean to miss a target. To miss a target. And, and therefore, it's the opposite of someone who finds me. In the last pasuk, we said, For one who finds me has found life. And if you miss the target, meaning you didn't find me, then you're destroying his soul. And all who hate me love death. The wisdom is saying, anyone that despises me, they must love death. They must choose Mabit. Since the Torah brings life, it follows that people who hate wisdom must love death, says the Malbim. According to Ibn Ezra, we explained Chotei refers to a person who studies Torah but misses the mark. 
by understanding it incorrectly, chas v'shalom. And therefore, homes nafsho, he despoils the soul of the truth, of the emet. Mesanai, those who hate me, however, are those who hate the Torah and refuse to study it altogether. The rabbis explain that the word mesanai, those who hate me, can also be interpreted as masni'ai, those who cause me, the Torah, to be hated by others. And this refers to a Torah scholar who behaves in a way that arouses the disgust in the eyes of others, and as a result, causes them to disparage his Torah knowledge. As an example, the Gemara says, a sage who has a grease stain on his garment deserves death. What does that mean? He's got a stain on his clothing, he deserves death? Why? Can you imagine if everybody, what would happen if everyone would die because they have a stain on their clothing? That's not, that's not the meaning of it. The Pasu, do not read the word those who hate me, but rather those who cause me to be hated. The idea is that your, your people are looking at you and they're saying, Lach, and they're, I don't want to be part of the people that learn Torah. I don't want to be part of that, uh, uh, of, of, the, of the religious individuals because look how they dress, look how they talk. They're causing me to hate. And it seems a little bit far-fetched. Okay, a little stain on their clothing. But if a person is, is totally stained and this is how he walks out and, he's, uh, and he looks like uh, he walked through a tornado and he's a total disaster, but this is how he portrays himself. What are people going to think? This is not the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to go around life. People will think ill of those who study the Torah. That's what it means. Non mesanai, masniai. Those who cause me, the Torah, to be hated by others. We need to do things that show how beautiful the Torah is. The way we live, how we represent ourselves, needs to bring people closer to the Torah so that they can find the wisdom. And by finding the wisdom, we know that, they, that they're able to find life. There's so many ways that we can do things, whether through our acts of kindness, through our giving of the tzedakah, through our study of the Torah, to Ashkamat Beta Keneset, to Beta Midrash, waiting by the doors of the Beta Beta Midrash. This person, this year, this old lady, day after day after day, she would go to Beta Midrash. She had so many things to do. For her, at the end of the life, it was difficult. For her, it was like, okay, I want to go to Olam and therefore, Rabbi Yosef ben gave her the advice. But to everybody else that is that knew her, in the year 2021, Tafshin Pei Aleph, we're talking about this lady, how she went to the doors of the Bet Knesset, to the Bet Midrash, and gave her the long life. What an icon, what a role model it is for people to learn from. This is what brings the Beracha. This is the power of the Torah, the Torah that preceded all of creation. This is what we have to think about. Whatever we see, whatever we do, whatever we come upon, understand that it was all for us to look in the Torah. Just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu set his eyes in the Torah and created the world, our world that we create should be that with the Torah wrapped around us, following its mitzvot and commandments and Bezat Hashem through that will be Zocheh to all the Berachot we will be considered Ashrei, praiseworthy in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bezat Hashem. Next week, we will continue this wonderful work of Shlomo HaMelech, beginning the ninth chapter. Wishing everyone a wonderful night. Kol Tuf.